Yay, Costa. Welcome back. What's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah? I, uh, I always am. Whether I say that whether I am or not. Well, that is true, too. You work with me all day, so you know <laughs> what I'm... But that today, is, was a, today was a but good day. But the good people don't. Thank you for the bagel. I, I, listen. I got the scrap. So let me explain the bagels to you and how I'm the outcast of social um, social ministry. What do we What do we work for? Campus ministry. <laughs> social ministry. We should never do this at three thirty in the afternoon. Um, there is a um, we had a sophomore retreat last week, and we do a scavenger hunt through Montauk. And the people of Montauk are, I think, they're recovering. We have one more to go. Right? They tolerate us. Yes. And the team that wins gets a bagel breakfast. But what Father Dave does, and, and the other campus minister, Ms. Madeline, they schedule the bagel breakfast for what I'm teaching. First and, period. And I know that's something that they do on purpose. I know that's not a, um, you know, a, an accident. It's like, oh, we didn't know. Because I'm like the guy right across the hall teaching, like actually doing work, not eating bagels. But there was one scrap <laughs> of bagel left for a meeting we had at 1 o'clock today. So I, I was able to have a bagel. So thank you very much. Wasn't there the woman in the gospel that said, even the dogs get the scraps? <laughs> oh. Do you know the scary thing? That's exactly what I was just thinking in my head. <laughs> God, we're both nerds. I would tell you this, that the only reason that I do a first period is because if I wait any longer, mm-hmm. um, I would eat all the bagels. And there wouldn't be any for <laughs> I the would kids. eat two dozen bagels. Yeah. I would be 800 my... pounds. <laughs> well, I have to get my schedule switched so I could have bagels. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. Just, hey, you could cut class too. We're letting all the kids cut class. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you know today is the sports equinox? It's, yes. I today didn't know that term until this morning. Equinox. So today, so we're recording this on Thursday, October 20th, and there's an NFL game. Yep. There's Major League Baseball playoffs. Yes. The NBA is going, and hockey's yep. going. And I think there's also an MSL playoff game, but I need to verify that. Ooh, okay, that would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that. If you knew that one off the top of your head, then you're good. Well, I read it somewhere, but I haven't verified it, so <laughs> I don't want to put wrong information out there. Nobody cares about soccer, <laughs> <laughs> except for the whole world that's not America. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great day. It's a to, great day to be a sports fan, right? If you were a sports fan, yeah. It's if you're not, day. it's just like it's just like Thursday, right? And if you're living in Philadelphia right now, then you're really loving life tremendously. I, and as I do sport, think we have as to a sports fan. I think we have to acknowledge the at least. Can, can we doubt God? Because this is what Met I fans think we should. I think we should. Met fans were forced to choose between the Braves and the Phillies to root for after our Mets were knocked out. I know, and I my generation of Met fan can't root for the Braves. Because of what the late 90s was sure. to us. And they're, they're so, both teams are so distasteful. And for no reason except I'm a Mets fan. I have yeah, no good I reason just, not to like them. And I can't – I still – anytime I think of the Phillies, I think of Chase Utley yep. sliding into second and ruining all the Mets playoff oh, plays. in 2015. Yeah. yeah. And then going back to, you know, David Wright getting out. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. It's bad in 2007 and 2008 and mm. I'm oh, – Jimmy Rollins. I can't. Well, we've, we've just lost all our Georgia, all our Southern Jersey and Pennsylvania <laughs> listeners, but I don't care. The truth Find is Jesus the, somewhere else. The truth is the truth. <laughs> so we've been um, 
on talking about the last two weeks, the the chosen, the series that that is out, and it's on Amazon. Last week I mentioned it's out there, and I wasn't even sure where. You can find it on Amazon as well as its own app called The Chosen. And the trailer for season three came out Sunday, and it's going to be released. The, the first two episodes will be released in theaters on Tuesday, November eighth. So that's nice. something to look forward to. If it's cool. by a theater to you, I promise you it's worth it. If you haven't seen it, and if you have seen it, then you know it's worth it. And then it'll then it'll be on the app. I don't know if they're charging for season three, uh, season one or two at this point are free. I'm not sure right. if they're charging, but you know you could look it, it up on the and chosen see. app. It's not they don't charge. It's just no a donation. Just That's true. Donation. It's just a donation you're looking for. Yeah. The uh, episode we're up to is episode three, which I know is one of your favorite episodes. This is my favorite episode. And actually, it wasn't mine until I watched it again, and I you know thought about it like a little bit more deeply and there's more there than i thought so you want to kind of give a summary of it because sure. you you love this one i love this one yeah so this this might be by far the shortest episode absolutely uh only like 23 minutes and it's the first one that really features jesus yeah yeah this is the first one that like for the entirety of the episode you, you know you really get a glimpse of i mean you get a really uh good idea of who Christ is because he had just made almost cameos in the first two yeah exactly and uh in this one it's it's not scripturally based um it's really like a lot of creative license here mm-hmm. um uh, on the part of the uh writers and the directors uh but like he is essentially just ministering to kids he mm-hmm. is on the road he's traveling yeah he's building things he's still a carpenter and he's just in this remote area and the kids find him yeah and it's just 23 minutes of him teaching, him laughing and joking around mm-hmm. them, making all kind of goofy noises to mm-hmm. to to you know bring them in, feeding them and singing with them. It's it you just you get a real taste of like the beautiful humanity of Jesus. Yep. And did it strike you as funny when you saw him brushing his teeth? Yeah, it was like that's a great idea. What an artistic you yeah. know tool there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is true <laughs> of how he would have done that. The historical aspects of the people they portray here, we know from what we have seen to be correct. So I imagine that's how they do it, ginger, or that's how right? they he did was it. Using like a ginger, uh... he was using something. Yeah, yeah, in the stream. Yeah, right in the stream. Yeah, it was it was great. But it was funny, like the thought of Jesus brush. Well, of course, what else would he do? But I never yeah. really had contemplated that. But I love like every like in, in every night that he goes to bed in the episode. Uh, he is praying the Psalms yep. as he's fading into sleep. Mm-hmm. I love it. And he's quite funny, too, because remember they come and wake him up one morning and they want to hang with him. And he said, you couldn't have waited another half an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just the, the kids are excited to be with him. Yep. And and they love doing uh, going on the adventures that he's taking them on, mm-hmm. teaching them how to fish, yep. you know, building different things. Uh, I, I love it because, like, it really... I, I feel sometimes, and I'm not the, uh, you know, the I have to read things a number of times to really kind of get to something. So I uh, I feel like when I read the scriptures, sometimes uh, you don't get the kind of Jesus that is portrayed in in the Bible. It, it, the person that is in the the show, you don't really get that in. The they Bible. don't flesh that out in the Bible, right? Right, because they just wanted to make sure that they got the facts. Yep. To hand it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to put everything that we know and believe about our Lord mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of put it into this nice, succinct, compact episode, 
I think it really warms your heart into who he is. And I don't think it's a stretch either, because if you just think about human dynamics, and I don't mean Jesus, I mean people following Jesus. If he was like a curmudgeon, if he was always walking around, (laughs) you know, annoyed and upset and the world is going to end, nobody was going to follow him. Maybe he had a few that followed him. exactly. But it wasn't just the 12. He had thousands of people that would follow him. Exactly. And and you and I are talking about him today because many people have been talking about him for 2,000 years and given up their lives to talk about him. Yeah. There has to be something there that that just had a human appeal. Yeah. And and so I I, like I I love – I, I, the, the gospel passage, passage I, I always kind of refer to in my mind when I look at this, when I watch this episode, is one of the one of the uh, gospel passages from Mark that I always use for my baptisms is "Let the children come to mm-hmm. me," where he kind of kind of puts in place any of the disciples who are trying to sw- you know kind of uh, get the kids, kick the kids away from the circle of, mm-hmm. of conversation. And he takes them in and he holds them and he embraces them and he says, let the children come to me. Right. Because he knows that they're, well, perhaps, maybe I'm going I'm going out on a limb here, but he knows that they're seeing him for, for who he truly is. And I think our adult minds sometimes miss that, even mm-hmm. today. You know? Yeah, like the, like the innocence. You know, yeah. Because he says in that gospel passage in Mark, but, you know, um, unless you have faith like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So so what does that mean exactly, the innocence and, and the faith of a child? So the you know the faith of a child can believe in things that are not true, but the faith in this case of a child is the ability to see something for what it truly is. Yeah. We work now I, I wouldn't call teenagers children in the sense that that this show that we're talking about is, but you know the the kids that we work can spot a hypocrite in a heartbeat yeah. sometimes sooner than we can. Yeah. I think children can see truth sometimes more clearly because there's no reason not to. They haven't been dissuaded yet. They haven't been uh, made cynical yet. And I, those kids saw who he was. And you had mentioned the term a few minutes ago, human. I want to explore that a little bit. The, yeah. what, what, what does it mean for Jesus to be human? Because I uh, should yeah. take, take a shot. There. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when, we, when, we hear, like, when we hear like, oh, that's a great representation of his humanity or, uh, you know, Jesus being truly human. I mean, we, we say it in the creed and, and even in the, in the scriptures in Hebrews. You know, he says, you know, Jesus was like us in all things but sin. He mm-hmm. was true God and true man. And so, you know, I think I think some of our some of the people, some of our faithful who believe or as or as Christians, I think sometimes they get confused and they don't have that basis of like he was perfect mm-hmm. and that he was just a guy who did a lot of great things because part of our culture wants to just kind of lump Christ in with all of the impactful figures throughout history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was just a good guy that did, right. you know, good things. Uh, and it was a teacher and his master and he's an influencer. But like when we say, you know, uh, he was true God and true man, like he was like us in all things, but sin, he was perfect mm-hmm. in every part of human existence. The ability to sin, but always choosing not to. Yeah. Right, and that is is direct correlation between that and his father raising him from the dead, and that gives us the ability to have a relationship with him. Because all of the the, the groupings that you just said a second ago, uh, the the people that we hold to high esteem, the influences, we can know about them, but we can't have a relationship with them, especially right. the ones who are past. 
You know, right. Jesus today, because of the Eucharist, we could have a relationship. And that all goes back to the humanity part, right. that, that he was, his humanity was perfect. So when we throw around the term humanity, we don't mean it in, in the way that people might say that today. You know what phrase always bother me? They, people say, to sin is to human, to forgive is divine. Mm-hmm. And when you take it from the perspective that we're talking about, humanity, right. no, to sin is not human. Because right. we're made for more than that. Uh, yeah. Pope Benedict said that, right? Yeah. Uh, we're made for so, so much more than that. And and that that, that humanity thing, I, I think, to, to understand that, like if, if we're uncomfortable, if, if somebody were to watch this and say, I'm uncomfortable with that humanity of Jesus, then you're uncomfortable with Jesus. Right. Because it, you can't pick which one you want. Right, exactly. You know, and there's different ways to look at theology, theology from above, theology from below. There's all sorts of ways to do that. But but as far as trying to identify the, the person who we're called to be in relationship with, he is that human that walked the earth 2,000 years ago yeah. and had the ability to sin and chose not to. One of the things I was thinking about in, in relation to this humanity part, and I'm still trying to flesh this out and, and say anything clear about it, but I'll, I'll throw it out there and, and see what we could come up with is I was thinking about the, the poem Footprints. I think many, many people know it, but it's, it's a poem that um, hears a person recollecting their life, and they look at their life as represented by footprints on the sand, and footprints, two sets of footprints, one of them and one of Jesus. When times get rough, as they're looking back, they see one set of footprints, and they say, Jesus, where were you? You know, why was I alone when things were tough? And Jesus' response in this poem is, because I was carrying you. And it's, it's a beautiful poem. Um, it presents Jesus as, um, as the generation of, of young people today would probably look at as a superhero, the one to come in and sweep us mm-hmm. uh, and fix everything. And that's, all, that's also not a bad way of thinking. You know, if, if, we, if we can't say that Jesus can do anything, then we're not understanding Jesus either. But one of the parts I was thinking about to slightly nuance that is that it's in his suffering that we know him. Because he suffered, he was betrayed, he was scorned, he was misunderstood. Anything, any negative emotion that we have, um, any, any hurt that we've had, he had too. So when we, when we say that Jesus was human, it should be that he's part of us because he, was, he suffered all those things as well. And maybe, maybe not that he's carrying us, but that we're walking with him. That we that he's actually part of us in that in that suffering, and it, it it might be something that we want to think about and develop. It it's certainly there's no suffering in this episode, you know. It's no. it's, it's a pretty joyful episode. But it was one of the things I was thinking about that I need to be able to recognize that um, his humanity is directly related to mine. Right. Yeah. 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 And and I it kind of take that and kind of just take it just another step. I think that. Even though we don't have, uh, you know, grounds in the scriptures for this particular episode outside of that one gospel passage, but, you know, none of what is depicted in this episode actually corresponds or correlates to the scriptures uh, in any particular way. Um, I think when you when you understand humanity the way it is, you know, the way we're describing it, uh, uh, especially where he is in our suffering, like you were mm-hmm. talking about, uh, we also can see that true humanity is sin free. Yep. And, and so when we're, when we're free of the sin, we're free to then do the work of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, 
and so and and there is a lightness of heart mm-hmm. and there's a joy uh, and there's a peace that is communicated uh, to kind of use the terms today there is a positive energy like mm-hmm. there's this this energy and I don't really like using that because it kind of really just I think reduces so much, but it's like, that whole idea of I'm spiritual, not religious. I think that's yeah, what you're leery of. You know, leery, yeah. yeah. But the context but, in which you're using it, I think, is but correct. The reality is, is mm-hmm. that like that vibe, like the it, it is, it is a ripple effect. Yeah. Of of peace and and lightheartedness that is infused into the world, and when we look at when we look at the saints, they all display different examples mm-hmm. of of our Lord's personality, of our Lord's mission. And, and, and where, you know, some, uh, like we have Augustine and you have Thomas Aquinas who are great teachers, you know, uh, you have, uh, you know, and, and like Catherine of Siena. And then you have, you know, others who like Mother Teresa and Philip Neary and Don Bosco, mm-hmm. who like kids were just drawn to mm-hmm. them. And like, they, 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 like the, kids love them mm-hmm. and, and and they love the kids and they went over and above with their with the personality with the gift of the spirit that the lord gave mm-hmm. of himself you know working with them and carrying through carrying on through them his ability to work with the young people and i think those those kids and i think we've even said these maybe exact words before in the two years that we've been doing this but when someone is truly has that that authenticity, that human authenticity that you're talking about, and you were just talking about in the saints, others look at them, especially kids, and said, "I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing, but I want to be like them." Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want to do the things they do so I could have that too. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The um, we we're struck. At least I'm struck. I shouldn't say we. I'm struck. By how they also will seamlessly weave in, in, in particularly in this episode, some of the, the recurring theological themes that are important to understand for, for the gospel. So the whole idea of um, looking at the Messiah and, and Jesus saying the Messiah is going to be something different than you're expecting. And this was, this was brought out a little bit in episode one with Nicodemus when he says maybe this is more beautiful than we can even imagine. Yeah. But Jesus clearly saying, like, the, the, you know, the, the Messiah is not the person that's going to be like King David coming in to save you from the Romans. It's, it's going to be bigger than that. And I thought it was interesting. I, I, I don't know if the writers did this on purpose, but Jesus tells the kids, don't tell anybody about this. Right. You know, right, and yeah. it's the beginning of that messianic secret. Right. Particularly that, that we find in Mark's gospel. Yeah. Where Jesus says, don't tell anyone because he knows once this get, he knows how it's going to end. Right. All the prophets, and Jesus was more than a prophet, they wind up being killed. And I like it, too, because in a couple of episodes, in the in some of the episodes that follow, every now and again, they sprinkle the kids back in. They do. Yeah. Those exact same kids. Yeah. So it's fun to see it because they're like, they're sitting there just like, oh, yeah, we kind of expected this. Like, we know him. Yeah. And everybody else is kind of like shocked. It's great. It's a, it, it creates a moment of levity uh, as things are going down. Anything else that you uh, that struck you about this one? No, I, I just think that uh, I think that when we look at people who have a great ability uh, to work and connect with young people, I, I think we I think we can see uh, in this episode uh, how Christ r- really was with with the young, and how like when we now call ourselves the mystical body, right, as the church. 
that like everybody, as St. Paul says, has a gift uh, or gifts and that one should not like one is not greater than the other. Like and, and everybody has a particular function in the body of Christ. Yeah. And so like if if you find yourself having the ability to reach young people, whether you are a youth minister or or a teacher or a counselor on some level, uh, whatever that capacity may be. Uh, as maybe even a priest, you know, like however it is, uh, or a parent, you know, when I mean, you have that gift to be able to reach young young kids, um, uh, it's it's the gift that God has given you to be able to connect uh, and and touch their hearts at such a tender age. I agree with you, and I think in our job we're very um, very much around other campus ministers and youth ministers, and, and you hear the stories of the ingenious things they do. There was a story of a um, a local pastor that when he got to his parish, one of the things he did, he just put up basketball courts. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And the kids would just come, and then he's out in the basketball courts, and he just starts asking to do stuff. Yeah. And next thing you know, he has a youth group. Yeah. You know? In a yeah. million years, I'm not thinking of that. Yeah, you know, it's it's there's there's so much talent around us and people that connect well and people that make. We talk about this all the time. They make Jesus and the church beautiful and appealing, yeah. and and desirable. You know, I I want some of that. Yeah, and I think that's what this episode really does well. That's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to uh, end this one here, and um, we'll be talking about episode four, which is Peter and the boat and the fish. There's a lot there, so. Yeah. We'll start. We'll start plugging away at that. Have a uh, have a good day, everybody. Take care. Bless. You.